Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Come on, feel the noise Girls, rock your boys We'll get wild, wild, wild Wild, wild, wild So you think I got an evil mind I tell you, honey I don't know why I don't know why Some guys have great jobs and it must be nice to be some people, particularly when you can just hop on a plane, uh, get on a VIP junket to the UK and get boundary seats to day one of the first Ashes Test match uh, overnight at law, at uh, sorry at the Oval and disguise it on the fact that you're actually working. Uh, a day that saw England come and go for 283 and Australia reply was 61 for one. So who's on top? Well, Craig Cumming is on top, for starters. He's obviously got his boss around his little finger. Evening to you, Sid Cumming. Uh, how the hell do you get to the Oval in the middle of winter? Uh, yeah, good morning back home, Smithy. Um, you're just currently in London. Um, about to fly home tomorrow, uh, to, to say, but I um, had a couple of weeks uh, over here on behalf of the job I do at the Sparks, trying to go to a few counties and, and meet a few uh, people over here and I suppose create some relationships and um, you know just uh, trying to also understand the women's game and the men's game for Otago Cricket but um, just so happened to, I can tell you yeah, got tickets today to day one um, I, I tried to get tickets to the Open Championship and um, didn't quite pull that off but uh, lucky enough just uh, happened to walk into the Oval, I've never been there Smithy and I wasn't sure where I was sitting, and then I kept walking around. The, the, and next thing I know, I'm walking in a wee gate that had me sitting right beside the players as they sit right beside the, the massive pavilion and uh, enjoyed a, a pretty special day. Well, you know, we've watched a lot of cricket. You've watched a lot more. You've been over to this part of the world. And to see, you know, I suppose the English, the way it is, the Barmy Army, the, the buzz of the ground, it was uh, one of those real special days to be a fan. And just sat there and um, when I walked in I, I saw uh, Sky TV doing the work I gave Mr Ward a finger and he, uh, we caught up with him and then as you're standing on the boundary, you know, Brendan McCullum literally was five metres away so squirted some water in his direction and um, then before I knew it I, Daniel Vittori was standing there for the Australian cap so it was, it was an interesting one, it was a little bit like just uh, maybe a day of work we used to do at Sky but it was a, certainly a special day <laughs> I was going to say, that's incredible. <laughs> little mini reunion you've got there. And you, what you yeah. did watch uh, out of the middle, uh, Sid, is uh, uh, almost two types of test cricket. Uh, England, what did they score? They scored magnificently at uh, the rate of uh, well, over five and over, 283 and 54.4. Uh, and Australia turned around and play a much more style of cricket than we're used to, uh, 61 for one off 25. Uh, and yet at the end of the day, it all seemed to pan out quite evenly. Yeah, I mean, people were starting to boo. I mean, Australia were batting, but um, it was interesting because what you do when you don't, when you're sitting there live and, and being quite low, um, you don't quite see probably how the, the pitch move. I couldn't believe the first session, just how proactive England were. And, you know, Crawley's obviously in you know, great form, but 
um, you know, the first time we've seen them play. And, um, you know, at lunch, it could have easily been, you know, the pitch, I think, could have had them 50 for five. Um, but England, oh, I think they'd be reasonably satisfied. They, they might have wanted to sneak a few more out, but um, then they would have wanted two or three tonight. But in some of that, uh, I thought Australia just batted beautifully. They just, the end of the day, their tempo was good. Warner was actually looking quite positive. And, um, yeah, I think it's dead set even right now. Um, it's the old cliche, and, and you know it's even if you say whoever wins the next hour is, is going to be on top. But England always talk about they've got, they got the runs on the board. Um, they've lost Alley. He did that when he was batting, I think. Um, yeah, but in saying that, you know, um, it's, a, it's a bouncy, looks like a fast pitch, and it was the ball was carrying through, and, um, you know, at times you felt like you could just about catch it yourself. But, you know, it was... It was a wee bit different. I suppose, you know, we're used to growing up and, and, and you know, when we're working together, you know, we're watching, you know, Kane be, you know, systematic and tactically brilliant and just slowly wear people down. You know, we've had Ross Taylor who did the same. Um, but this is a far more, you could see a far more aggressive. I mean, three sweepers back, Smithy. So straight away sweepers back. No one's talking about it. No one's complaining about it. It's just the way the game's played. And it was very, very different, but also... Uh, very entertaining, and as I said, we we'll walked out and walked to the tube station with a, a lot of drunken Australian Englishmen, and um, you know they were talking about the day and they were trying to argue and um, what's going on. I think everyone agreed that they were just pleased to see David Warner out, um, but um, yeah, just a yeah one of those we bucket, bucket list ones, Smithy. And I, and I must confess, I, your name came up a couple of times. I you wouldn't believe it. I walked in, sat down, and I was sitting beside one Gavin Scavell, who uh, that's when I knew I had good seats. He was sitting right beside me who um, you've done a lot of work alongside, and he's a, one of the world-class directors around the world for TV, and we shared about six hours, and, yeah, your name came up many times, as well as with Wardy, so uh, they all passed on their regards. I said I was talking to you tonight, and, um, you know, it was, yeah, it was one of those... It's You know, you know it's like, in, you know, you when you commentate a lot, um, and you, that becomes sort of part of your job, you forget what it's like to be a fan. Um, you know, we... We're lucky enough you used to turn up in your Mercedes and your driver and the rest of us would be walking in behind your car, you know, back in New Zealand. But you do you do turn up to do a day's work and you've got your stuff, but it's so much fun just being able to turn up as a fan and just sit there and you know, I took a thousand photos, I don't know why. Um, but it was just it was just an awesome then you go out the back and everyone's drinking their beers and there's so many food. It was just yeah, it was really, really cool and, and the cricket the cricket was just as good as I hoped it would be as well. Well, you've got a very short memory, uh, first of all, because I well remember the day when it, when it was hosing down at the basin and I gave you a lift back to the hotel um, in my Mercedes and when everyone else was walking. Uh, I can't believe you've forgotten that. Hey, just on, a, on a, a serious note about tactics, that just seemed, again, Pat Cummins didn't even, he didn't pick a spinner uh, at Old Trafford and, uh, you know, nearly, very nearly came a cropper there. Here we've got this young kid, only his young kid, this Todd Murphy. He bowled six overs, he took two for 22, he got Moen Ali, he broke a very vital partnership, but they didn't bring him on until they had 170 or 180 no. on, on the board. I don't, I don't get, uh, if you pick a guy to do a job, you don't let him do it. Well, it, it's interesting because when they're warming up, I, I was trying to work out, because to be honest, I got there early. I, you know, I love that hour warm up when you see them mucking around and you know, Australia, I mean, it's been interesting being over here for even the last test and when Australia got beaten up. And like, I've never seen them look like such a rabble. Again, I was watching on TV, but they went against, you know, they didn't pick a spinner. Now, how many years have we been criticised? And you and I have talked about it, we've got to pick a spinner. They didn't trust their spinner. And I, I reckon they only picked him for this game, Smitty, because they thought they um, had to, because it's not a good look. 
And in some ways, even then, they brought him on early. You're right, he got the wicket of Ali, a crucial wicket. He was starting to go good. But then they took him off, and it was a little bit like it was a little bit like I was watching Kane captain, and, and it's like I don't really trust my spinner. Can I bring I'll bring my big boys back on, and the seamers back on, and saying so that the pitch did have good pace and good bounce, and I mean they've got their matchups and the way they do it. But I've always said it. I think I've said it to you. Australia are the best, well, one of the best teams in the world. Not because, well, because of Steve Smith and maybe Lubbershane. And um, you know, maybe Cummins, but the, the most important person in their side is Nathan Lyon. And since they've lost him, they've, they've noticed they've really struggled. They, they have really struggled, and they've lost the rhythm. Because what they would have done today is given them the ball from one end. They, um, you know, you had Mitchell Marsh who came on early, but they really struggle without a quality spinner. And, and um, even though this young guy's got a lot of talent. People forget Nathan Lyon, he's called the GOAT for a reason. And, you know, you imagine them, if you don't have a quality spinner when they go back home and play in their summer, if he's out for a bit more, you know, they, they come back to the rest of the pack. So, but I, another thing that I get some of the, I mean, this is the relevance of the game. I mean, I'm around the game as a coach, but also in the female game, but the tactics have just changed, you know, and, and maybe that's the England factor, and, and I think it is. But, you know, seeing, seeing fielders, you know, three sweepers back and, um, you know, seeing mid-off, you know, 30 metres deep, not not even to that normal mid-off position, standing 30 metres deeper than that. It's just, it really has changed. And um, I don't know for the better or, and at times I was trying to count being a bit of a, a bit of a, you know, cricket tragic. How many balls got hit in the, into the point region for one? And then how many times did the boundary saver save what would have been in boundary? And I reckon if you did the stats today, there would have been more ones and easy singles taken than boundary saved by having the guy back. Because on the on the ovals, you know, it's a pitch block all the way across the ground that it runs. So, in some ways, I, I don't know if I agree with it, um, but it's just the way the game's evolving. But I suppose the most important thing is um, the scores are high. There's runs being scored, and we we get nicely entertained. I think this series has actually dipped down a wee bit when it comes to the that you know baseball. I hate the saying. I don't like saying it, but it's probably found its its tempo a bit more. But it, it certainly has changed. Okay, let's uh, get back to uh, one of the other reasons you were there, uh, of course, is just to get a gauge and perhaps some context on um, on women's cricket and county cricket as such. Do you, do you sense, um, I mean, they've just had to come off a, a really thrilling series uh, against the Australians, the English women's side. I, I just wonder the, the sense of interest and, and the level of organisation, support, etc., compared to back here at home. Oh, I don't think we can. I, I just went down. We're one of our. I got four of my sparks over here playing Smithy, so I've been able to connect with them and went out to one of them tonight's training. And you know they had seventy-five young girls running around at practice, so that's at the absolute grassroots level, and that's obviously where it starts. But no, we can't compare. I mean, I've been to Yorkshire, so they have the the Northern um, Lightning. I've been to Trent Bridge, um, who have got the Trent Blaze, and um, then also. Uh, well, they're called the Stars, which is a combination. So they've they've mixed there. They've, they've made eight regions um, in in the women's game, and they you know like Durham's joined, Yorkshire, Kent's joined, Surrey. But I mean, they get about one point five million dollars, Smithy, to to run the women's program um, each team, and that's from the ECB. And then if the counties want to dip into that, they have eleven full time contracted women players in the regions. That does include the English players who have national contracts. So they've got 11 full-time, 12 months a year. Um, most of them have a staff of about 11. Um, if you compare that to New Zealand at the moment, we're one and a half coaches, half a physio, half an S&C, and maybe 
point two of when it comes to mental well-being. So, but they've grown. That's only happened in the last two years. Um, so it's it's taken off very quickly. But um, they've got directors of women's cricket. Um, they've got um, you know they've got teams around that. But they've still got the same challenge we do. They've just got a lot more numbers. But when you look at the structure and also find out from them what they if they had their time again, what would they prioritise? Um, and it's not necessarily flasher pitches or better nets for training. It's around the staffing. It's around the S&C, getting the athletes more up to speed with the rigours of the game. So, so that's been invaluable from my, my point of view because I'm looking to, I suppose, lead a team at Otago Cricket and at the Sparks to get real value. And we've got to get bang for our bucks. We know that. We, we don't even compare. But... There's also um, that old New Zealand number eight wire where we don't need everything to be the biggest, flashiest and smartest, um, you know, shiniest. We've just got to be smart. And I think we do some things. We've got a really good structure in the women's game coming now in, in New Zealand cricket. I think it's going to take a while to flow on to the white ferns. But, you know, we're, we're getting there. Um, but as we know, if you've got money and the ECB have money, um, it does help you. Um, but the first thing I, I go back to is unless we get the grassroots right, my job as a Sparks coach would be easier if I had more to players to pick from. Um, and we've got to still, it's no secret in rugby and football and netball and all those things. Is if we can get quality numbers playing at the grassroots level, we get them really good coaching at a young age where they enjoy themselves, they fall in love with the game, then that filters all the way up. And, and that, to me, even though I've seen the professional structure here, you, you still can't get away with, we've got to get their young boys and girls playing cricket um, I think it'll be fantastic now. It's on free-to-air. Um, we'll have people watching and get the love of the game. And if we can get the big numbers at the grassroots, maybe they're going to feed through to, to the top end. And that's still the most important thing, even though you can have money at the top end. And, and on the back, too, you, you see this resurgence. And, um, you know, they were a very, very handy side in the uh, Women's Cricket World Cup here in New Zealand. But they've, they've, it looks like they've grown another leg since then and just gone forward, closed that gap with Australia. And I, I just... I look at it and I think to myself, um, hold up, uh, what about uh, our side? We've just been to Sri Lanka. Um, you, were, you would have been all over these results. And, you know, we played well one day and got pasted the next day. Uh, and people raising their eyebrows over here saying, what is our immediate future? Yeah, and it's a good question. Um, you know, when we played Sri Lanka, we got beaten by one player. But that player is now playing the game the way the game's going to go in the future. So while Sri Lanka had one, it showed how devastating she could be in Atipatu. India have got five. Australia have got nine. England have got seven. So we, we've got to start producing cricketers who understand how the game's going to be played. Um, and then we've got to give them the opportunity to play more. I mean, that side is very young when you look at other than Sophie Devine, Lily Kerr, Susie Bates and Maddie Green, they're all very, very young. But we've got to work out really quickly that we've got to learn how to score 170, 180, Smithy. We've got to develop the skills to allow our, our batters to be able to do that. Um, we've got to learn the awareness of the game and, and what to do. So the tactical side of the game is advancing so quickly. And, you know, part of my commentary used to be around tactics. And we've got to get our players understanding the game more so they can adjust more and be adapt quicker and by doing that, we've just got to play more cricket. And um, we've got to bridge the gap between the White Ferns and our domestic game. And I know Liz Green, being the head of women's crickets, looking to implement an A program, which is really important. But I, I still think we're, you know, we're very reliant on the top three and, you know, Susie, Sophie and Mealy. Um, but, 
you know, over time we'll get there, but we've just got to be, we've just got to probably work a little bit harder, a little bit smarter, but we've just got to get our players playing a lot more cricket so they create that awareness. And from a coaching point of view, we've got to just, we've got to, well, I'm not going to say we're going to do a Brendan because, but, you know, I've just been doing some stuff for myself. So we've just got to, we've got to release the, the shackles and actually let our players go out and try and endorse them to, to try and, to be really po- positive and proactive. And again, I go back to white ball cricket, and I've talked to a few people today about 2019, Smithy. The team that normally scores the most runs with. There's been one game in history where that wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. But um, I actually heard a few stories about you after that game, actually, but uh, I won't go into that on here. But um, the team that scores the most runs wins. I mean, bowling bowling is important, but your bowling is a, is a reflection of, you know, if you're scoring a lot of runs, you can have a half a bad day with the ball. Um, if you're not scoring enough runs, you've got to you've got to be brilliant with the ball. And every team around the world now, and you look at this English side, um, they took Aussie on with high skill, high intent, and high confidence. And um, that's what we've just got to create in our domestic game, and that'll flow through to the White Ferns. Craig Cumming, always great to catch up with you, albeit from uh, twenty thousand kilometres this time around. Uh, have a great uh, and safe trip home, mate, and enjoy the front end of the plane. And we'll uh, catch up very shortly. <laughs> That's one thing I can tell you I'm not at Smitty I'll be down the back row But <laughs> hey As you know I'll be talking nicely When I check my bags in To see what I can do <laughs> Yes uh, You've been known to do that uh, So uh, in all seriousness no, uh, Thanks for your update uh, Glad you enjoyed uh, Took something off the bucket list And uh, we'll, we'll catch up soon Cheers Cheers man Brilliant to talk to you Thanks Smitty